had to let that marinate for a second. It's a great song. It's Saliva. For those who don't know, it's a wrestling theme for Dave Batista, who's now in Hollywood doing some acting. Welcome back to the game, Mitch Fortner. If you Fortner. call that acting. What are you talking about? Okay, hit the brakes. <laughs> what do you mean by that comment? If you call that acting. Okay, what p- specifically are you talking about? Wrestling? Or are you talking no, about Hollywood? Hollywood. Okay. And Batista's characters, for the most part. Are, are you saying he's not a great actor? I'm saying that exactly that, yes. See, Sage, I think she disagrees. I'm just kind of enjoying the, you know, the drama right now. <laughs> he did you a... Would. Uh, he did a Disney Plus, or maybe it's Hulu. He did a streaming service commercial where he's like, this guy's as an old man fishing. He's on a kayak. Oh, yeah, the Disney thought, Plus. Yeah, the streamer. I thought yeah. he was really good in that. I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, so I can't. I didn't remember seeing a uh, trailer, and I thought, nah, his acting was a bit spotty there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mind him in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that no. it's a, it's, it well, fits his Chris him. Pratt. I'm, I'm sure Chris Pratt steals the show. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. But Dave Batista is the big jacked up dude, which, by the way, today he's not as jacked as he used to be. And sure. I'm sure everybody's going to throw out the steroids joke or whatever. But he was a bodybuilder for some time. All right. Let's move on. Hour two of the game coming up. We will uh, get to a little bit more into uh, K Statement's basketball recruiting. I got a new, new number two on my list. I'd love for K-State to get. Wait, so I'm, re- I'm not number two? Any- oh, wait. Okay, I got you. I was su- specifically saying for Coach Tang <laughs> in this list of recruits oh, okay. that they're trying right. to bring Oof. into Manhattan. they still got a bunch of spots to fill, but right Talk now... about a bad way to find out you're losing your job, right? We're joined by former Abilene Cowboy, K-State Wildcat wide receiver, and now attorney Curry Sexton. Curry, it's been uh, four months plus since we've talked to you. Do any cool attorney stuff lately? Man, um, cool attorney stuff. That's a that's that's sort of an oxymoron. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all some of it varies. The NIL stuff has been pretty fun, but but actually, my wife and I just had our first kid here about three weeks ago. Ah, so congratulations! Thank you, thank you. So that's that that sure trumps any uh, cool, exciting attorney stuff. Now, uh, what the name? What's the name of your child? Uh, her name is Ellie Suzanne. Ellie Suzanne Sexton. Yeah. Future cat? Well, we can only hope. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Curry, I appreciate you joining us here, bringing you on, because we're going to really get into some NIL. And congratulations, uh, April 20th, launching uh, the Wildcats Den. Uh, how did you get uh, wrapped up in this collective group for NIL and, and, and getting this money for K-State student-athletes? Yeah, so so this is something. In our firm, um, we began tracking the NIL developments back in the fall of 2019 when when California passed their their state statute that was to go into effect like in 2023 initially, um, and the NCAA shortly thereafter announced that it would be you know it would be reviewing changes to their NCAA or NIL policy. And so we have been preparing for the day and age or the the, the day and time when 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 NIL would be permissible. And so we launched a service in our firm called Empower You, um, through which we advise conferences and institutions on NIL-related items. Um, and so in the early stages of NIL, when, when there was all kinds of differing activity going on, 
Um, these the, a couple collectives started popping up, and so I had talked with Brian Morris, um, who's also involved with the collective, and 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 he thought, hey, what what would you think about putting together a collective for K State? And I said, look, I'm I'm on board. I think these are going to be sort of the future. Um, and then naturally, we 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 roped Aaron in because of his you know his his sports agency experience and and some of the. Uh, you know, some, some of the, the knowledge and expertise that he would bring. And so for a few months, you know, during football season, we kind of let it, let the issue lie. But then once the calendar year flipped, um, we started to have more serious discussions and we started to have some discussions with the athletic department, um, about, you know, uh, to get their thoughts and try to try to structure something that, that would, that would work for everyone. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how we got to where we are now. So if you could, I, you could explain it a lot better than I could, obviously, about what exactly you're doing. Yeah. So so NIL is, is obviously a free-for-all at this point. Um, but but the, the, the issue has become, or I guess the reason that these collectives have popped up is when, you know, prior to the collectives, I think it was a little bit difficult for businesses, individuals, et cetera, to engage these student athletes. Other than going through these large third-party vendors like Open Doors, um, it was it was difficult to, you know, to, to get to the student athletes in an efficient manner. And so I think a lot of the, I think couple that with the fact that, that, that alumni groups started to see a distinct need for NIL sort of fundraising. Um, and it just seemed like a natural, it just seemed like a sort of an organic development that these collectives started to pop up because now with, with, with the, you know, NIL being permissible, um, all of a sudden NIL activity is, is as significant or as important to an athletic department as facilities, jerseys, et cetera, used to be. Um, and so now, so, so July 1st of last year affected an immediate shift in what student athletes cared about. And so, there is a there's an uncertainty around whether institutions can be directly involved in the in the facilitation um, or organization of these NIL efforts. And so, in some states, you know, there's NIL statutes that prohibit institutional involvement. Um, and in other states, like Kansas, there is no state statute, and so that uncertainty is is, is you know is is, is very real. Some some states, some schools in some states, let's use Ohio State, for instance, they're taking the approach that we don't have a state statute, there is no prohibition at the NCAA level. Institutionally, we can be involved and we're going to be involved. And so they've created a, a department within their athletic department that is going to focus exclusively on raising money for NIL. And then you have a K-State who's maybe a little bit more conservative and, and, and is maybe a little bit more, you know, more more wary of of you know, the possibility that the NCAA is going to crack down at some point and, and they've decided, hey, we don't, you know, we don't want to have direct involvement in, in, in this, in the NIL space. And so that's where collectives like ours come into play. We can, we can sort of work with the athletic department at, at, at a, you know, at, at, at a distance, from a distance at arm's length to, you know, make sure we're not stepping on anybody's toes or doing anything that they wouldn't, you know, that they wouldn't agree with. But we are a distinct entity that that own that that runs and operates exclusively of the athletic department, and so there's there's a level of separation there that sort of insulates the school from any potential exposure in the event that the NCAA or some other entity would try to crack down on this issue. How difficult is it to manage in this landscape right now? Oh, it's impossible. Um, 
I mean, every, every week there's some, you know, every week it's, it's, it's changing. Um, you know, I think it's, and, and it's, it, it's obviously a, a keeping up with the Joneses type approach. And so I think that's, you know, you, you saw, I think these collectives were, there were so many of them popping up, but until the last few weeks, um, I don't think, you know, I think when the bigger schools were doing it, everybody just chalked it up to, okay, those people are just, you know, they're, they're, they're always doing, they're always doing something a bit different because they have more resources. And then when groups like ours and, and Jesse Ertz's and, and, and other groups started to pop up, KU has a group. Well, then you start to see the Iowa States, the Wichita States, all these groups start to pop up because I think people understand that these collectives are, are very, very important. Um, but at the end of the day, this, this NIL world is constantly evolving. And so, I don't, you know, it, 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 who knows what it's going to look like a month from now. We're talking with Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver and now a co-founder of the Wildcats Den, an NIL collective for K-State student-athletes. I do want to follow up on what you said just moments ago about, you know, kind of working with K-State with NIL, but how much will you be involved with your group, your collective group, when it comes to student-athletes that are being recruited by K-State that are not Wildcats yet and, and making deals? Yeah, so we we had no intention to to get involved with 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 recruiting with with prospects. Um, you know, I think as 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 you guys are probably aware, the NCAA's limited NIL policy basically has two prohibitions. Um, one is that that it can't be pay for play, and and I think we all know that that in all reality, all of this is pay for play. But if a service is being provided in exchange for compensation, then then by the NCAA's current standards, then that's permissible. And then the second prohibition is that there can't be that, that recruiting inducements are off limits. So, so nobody can offer money to a to a student or a prospective student athlete in in exchange for his enrollment, his or her enrollment at a particular institution. And as we've seen, and as as has become very very apparent, I mean, Nigel Pack is a great example of it. Um, recruiting inducements are something that are you know that they're becoming very very pervasive. Um, and but but that's just not what we intend to do. Um, we, you know, we, we want to take care of the, you know, the, the, the student athletes at K-State who are performing and who are contributing to their programs. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't think we want to get into the arms race for, you know, offering money to, to prospective student athletes. I just think at that point in time, we're, we're, we're missing the objective of NIL. The objective of NIL was to compensate, um, the, you know, to compensate college athletes who were, you know, who, who who were generating large amounts of revenue for their institutions, conferences, and NCAA, and were not able to to share any, share in any of that. And so, I think obviously, you know, that's going to be our that's going to be our intention. But then, I think with with focusing on current student athletes, that will indirectly benefit the recruiting efforts of, of K State sports. Um, you know, I think obviously we're not going to be going out and throwing money at, at, at recruits like other schools are doing. Um, but but. If, if, you know, if let's say for, let's hypothetically say there, you know, a recruit goes up to, to Taylor Bratt and says, Hey, what kind of, what kind of NIL structures do you have in place? Well, K-State can say, Hey, look, we, we have, you know, we have a partnership with Open Doors and they can say there are, you know, a couple or multiple, you know, K-State related collectives out there that are raising funds for, you know, for K-State student athletes and their NIL. And then they can point to specific deals. They can say, Hey, here's how much Deuce Vaughn got last year, or here's how much Adrian Martinez or Aoka Lee or Aaliyah Carter. Here's how much these people have earned. 
and none of that is, is by any means an inducement because that's no promise to to a, to a recruit. But it is to say, if you come to K State and you perform, um, then, then you have a strong possibility of really you know earning earning significant NIL compensation. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of the approach we intend to take. Um, and and you know other other people are obviously getting into the to their NIL recruiting arms race, but that's not something we intend to, to delve into. So as somebody who is now involved with NIL and you see Nigel Pack at $800,000 plus a car over two years, was that a shocking number, maybe a scary number to you? I think so. Um, just because, you know, well, let's, let's, let's start with this. The University of Miami has never played, they've always played by their own rules. Their, their, their boosters, their alumni have always played by their own rules. So just to say this is surprising it would be a lie. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, everything that they've done for so long is, is out in the open. But what concerns me is if Nigel Pack is getting $800,000, what's the market for, what's the market for elite, elite, basketball football players and that's not to say nigel nigel pack is in a is in a tremendous basketball player but his ceiling is probably you know nba g league um you know overseas he might get a sniff at the nba but he's an undersized under, undersized shooting guard and so for for uh, for a guy like him to to get eight hundred thousand dollars in a vehicle and that's just one deal unless there's some ex- exclusivity provision in that contract which i'm sure there's not that's just one deal that he's going to get. That 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 makes me fearful about what the market is for him and how that impacts recruiting across the country. Because candidly, schools like K State, who probably do compete, will compete with with schools like Miami for basketball recruits. How do you compete? You probably can't. Um, and so it's 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 unfortunate that we're to the point now where where schools and their 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 boosters, their alumni. Are, are essentially buying recruits and buying transfers. Um, I, I, I don't know that the NCAA at this point has any intention to step in. Um, I think they, they, they have essentially become a shell of, of themselves. And so I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine a scenario in which the NCAA comes in and says, okay, enough's enough. So I think, unfortunately, we're to the point now where this sort of activity is, is just is just beginning. Speaking with Curry Sexton here on the game, who has started with also Aaron Lockett and Brian Morris, the Wildcats Dinner Collective for NIL. Do I have a couple more questions for you here, Curry? So when it comes to raising this money for K-State student-athletes, or K-State fans can go support their student-athletes, uh, favorite student-athletes through NIL, have you, have you and your team, have you guys set a goal? Obviously, you want the numbers to be through the roof and not set a ceiling, but do you have a goal in mind, uh, a, a, a dollar amount that you feel is going to be the proper amount to stay competitive and be able to compete on a year-by-year basis? We don't. Um, we haven't really talked about that, but, but candidly, um, I think we're – I think, you know, I think to – I think collectively, and that's that's our group. That's Jesse Ertz's group. That's any other group. Um, you know, any any other activity outside of the case, the specifically K State related groups. I think you got to be operating in the in the seven in the seven figure range um, amongst all student athletes, at least um, to to be competitive. Because again, you have 
you know, you, you have a guy like, okay, well, let's say Nigel Pack just got $800,000. Well, if, if, you know, what, what does it do Svon worth in the transfer portal? Um, you know, if he, if he in and of himself would, we, you know, would be worth seven figures to, to any, any big, any big football program across the country. Well, then, then K-State has to, you know, K-State and its supporters have to do something to, to, you know, and, and, and Deuce doesn't seem like the type of guy who would get overly interested in NIL. I mean, that would, that wouldn't maybe cause him to leave, but K-State has to do something to retain these people. And so, you know, I mean, if if you're looking at a recruit who's who's been offered, hey, we'll give you a million. We got a million dollars waiting for you to come to X school um, if you if you transfer here right now. And K State, you know, K State supporters of K State have only gotten that that individual twenty thousand bucks. Well, I hate to say it, but it's going to be tough for that kid to stick around. Um, and so I think you know, people I think have to K State supporters have to step up to the plate to make sure that we're being even relatively competitive to make sure that we're, that we're retaining um, our, our prominent, our prominent athletes. If Curry Sexton was a student athlete right now, what would he be raking in? Man, I, that's, I've got that question a few times. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to say, but you know, I could have done, I'll tell you, I could have, I could have done a lot of damage with like an extra like thousand dollars in college. So I, I can't, I mean, I, you know, here I am, you know, working, working 40 hours a week at least and, and well, more, well more than 40 hours and $800,000 is just still an, an absurd amount of money to me uh, so, so to think about that possibility in college is just is just mind-blowing but but I think that that the, those you know that those four and five figure deals are, are I think are as important to college kids as anything because you know who are we kidding those 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 kids are you know eat ramen noodle eat ramen noodles and drink natty light <laughs> um, there's, there's not a lot, you know, they don't, they don't need, you know, their expenses aren't, aren't that high. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you remind me of a question I was going to ask your, your father now, you, uh, you're, you, of course you're an attorney and now you're involved with the Wildcats den. Do you have a lot, any free time anymore? Uh, I wish, <laughs> I wish, uh, not a lot, not a lot, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it. I, I prefer it that way. It's fun to it's fun to be involved with different you know with different groups and and the Wildcats den stuff is just something fun for me to do in my free time. It's uh you know sort of a way for me to give back to K State and, and and try to do my part to ensure that K State um, remains competitive because I think you know we're 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 at a little bit of a we're at a little bit of a crossroads in college sports and I think you know if uh, a decade from now the landscape is probably going to look significantly different and so i think it's important that we do everything we can to make sure that, that k-state is is you know appealing from a from a from a marketing or, or optics perspective when 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 you know there are shifts in, in in the collegiate athletics landscape well curry i know we ran a lot longer than we usually do but i, I really appreciate your time and i th- i think i could speak for everybody i i definitely don't know everything about nil and I'm sure a lot of people out there don't know everything about NIL, but we learned a lot today from what you just shared with us and also what you're doing currently with Wildcats Den for K-State student-athletes. So, Curry, uh, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing your insight and your knowledge about what's going on with NIL. Best of luck at being a, a, a new father to a, what, three-week-old, right? Yeah, yeah, and thanks, guys. I appreciate the time, as always. And if anybody ever has any questions, um, regarding NIL or how they can 
how they can support, you know, their favorite K-State athletes or favorite teams, uh, feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, Curry. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. That's K-State, former K-State wide receiver and uh, former Abilene Cowboy Curry Sexton here on the game. When we come back, get a little into, uh, once again, men's basketball recruiting, and also uh, Troy is going to share some breaking news with us when we come back here on the game. If you're listening live and just heard that update, the breaking news was not in that update. So, Sage, if you don't mind, go ahead and hit that breaking news button. She's got to find it first, though. There it is. Breaking news. The NCAA is going to be looking for a new boss. Mark Emmert announcing this afternoon that by mutual agreement, air quotes, uh, that with the Board of Governors that he will be stepping down from his post as president of the organization, executive director of the organization, sometime within the next 14 months. The early line on that is the likelihood that it will be before the end of the year that Mark Emmert will be separating from the NCAA and a new boss will be found. I find it interesting this happened it really came to uh got lit up while we were in the middle of our conversation with curry sexton appropriate to me that it's in the midst of our conversation about nil and exactly the wild wild west is going on here and how the ncaa has kind of just thrown up its hands and hasn't done anything in regards to managing uh how programs are handling nil uh, I think that that may have been a final straw, potentially for Mark Emmert. Uh, that and the uh, college football playoff mess with a lack of leadership coming from the NCAA. Uh, I think those are a couple things that play into this. Mark Emmert has been seen uh, as ineffective for a while. It's been a 12-year tenure for Emmert as the head man at the NCAA. Yeah, I'll respond with that to you mentioned he will step down in sometime in 14 months. Mm-hmm. How about tomorrow? Sooner the better. Yeah. The idea that he wants a successor to be named before he steps away. Uh, interesting note already that I saw from someone who's got a heartbeat on the college game. It, they immediately mentioned, <laughs> I can't believe this name just keeps getting brought up. Kirk Schultz at Washington State, who effectively took himself out of the Big 12 conversation earlier well, would have been earlier in the week. Was he ever in the conversation? He at least had been brought up by some that were involved. But once they announced that they were going to a search firm, he was making it clear that that he was out of that mix. Um, so, yeah, it's a good question. Was he really angling for it? Was he not? We don't know that. I just know that there are those who were involved with it, uh, with the with the search that had brought him up, or at least administrators had brought his name into the mix. So then that mention immediately means that Kirk Schultz may very well be the name that gets brought up right out of the box for the NCAA post hmm. in place of Mark Emmert. Remembering that it was Indiana's president, Miles Brand, who preceded Emmert in the position. So it wouldn't be unusual for them to pick a university president. Do you think KU gets a slap on the wrist before he steps down? 
Wow. That's a great question. Given how that that, that whole thing has just kind of sat. Well, you could probably guess what my prediction is. A no? A no, yeah. I mean, he can take pride in the fact that he didn't hand the trophy to Bill Self. See, Kansas I, City Jayhawks. I, see, I upheld my position as <clears throat> an impartial arbiter. <clears throat> I still say he does. He didn't deserve to be booed when he said Kansas City Jayhawks and quickly corrected himself. I mean, honestly, he did. But they would be, appreciate that. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, that's how they promote themselves. All right. Anyway, so interesting development. It will be fun to watch and see now what takes place from here. Well, apparently we haven't been talking enough K-State sports today, so let's get to uh, a little bit here about what a uh, K-State men's basketball. I, I, I feel Grant Flanders at K-State Online has done a really good job of keeping an up-to-date list on who K-State has been interested in. I mean, from interest for just, you know, sharing some dialogue to offers to actually who has committed to K-State and signed, including Jarrell Colbert and Cameron Carter, the LSU and Mississippi transfers, one's a post, one's a guard. But there's still eight scholarships to fill. Still a lot of work to do for this coaching staff. And I mentioned yesterday a guy who was number two on my list when it came to the guys who are on K-State's list that I'd love to see come to K-State. So, of course, still on the top of my list is Antoine Davis, 22nd leading scorer in college basketball history, transferring from Detroit with one year of eligibility remaining. Yeah, uh, clearly at the top of my list still. But who's going to be the number number two after Marcus Hammond, who is a a very good player, 6'3", and a guy that averaged 18 points a game. And now as I say that, I think I'm mixing him up with somebody else. Am I? Why am I, why am I second-guessing this? Probably because it's just like recruiting and you have a lot of names that go in front no, of I'm your eyeballs. No, I'm pretty sure I'm still correct. I'm pre- The Niagara transfer, right? Yes. I'm not getting it mixed up with anybody else. Pretty sure I'm right. I, I've said this many times. I've lost so much track of this right. list. It's hard to keep up with. But anyway, yeah, he was the player. In, I mean, we're talking about 18 points a game, very athletic, and shoot the basketball. But no longer considering K-State, he is going to Notre Dame. Now, with Antoine Davis still at the top of my list, who's going to be the new number two? It's kind of a tie, but I am going to give the edge to Soli Boom, the UTEP guard who's averaging 20 points a game. Now, I mean, he's to me, he's a clear number two, but I don't like putting guards back-to-back because I do, definitely want this big from, um, and we're talking about the big from uh, Washington State, who I've been very impressed with, who has three years of eligibility remaining. Soli Boom only has one year of eligibility remaining, and that is Effie. Abogidi, 6'10 center, very athletic, and he's the guy that threw out 35 teams that he is interested in, and it's been narrowed down to 12. Now, this is still going to be a tough get, but it is down to 12. Florida, K-State, of course, but Florida, Oklahoma, Houston, Mississippi State, Maryland, UCF, Wake Forest, Arizona, Marquette, Texas A&M, and Texas. Some pretty good programs in Mm -hmm. there. But K-State has made the cut out of 35. That's a good little drop-off there for K-State when it came to that cut. But why I like him so much and why he's moved to number two is because he has incredible potential with a ton of uh, eligibility remaining. With fingers crossed, he would stick around for that time because he does have a ton of potential. So he's originally from Nigeria, but he did go uh, to Australia as a teenager to participate in the NBA 
Global Academy. What that is, is that that is the NBA's hub for top male and female prospects from outside the United States. And only 16 get invited and can get in to the NBA's hub. He won its dunk contest at the age of 15. He can dunk it from the free throw line. 6'10 guy. That's a pretty decent example on how athletic he is. But I'll also mention this past season where he was in the top 60 when it comes to blocks per game. He was a part of the Pac-12's all-defensive team as a sophomore. I mean, this kid, he can jump out of the gym. He is crazy athletic, and he's also not too bad offensively. Now, he averages about eight points a game, but his numbers, they did get better. But he's a 20 to 25 minutes guy per ball game. And his rebounding is around seven or eight a game. He's a pretty good offensive rebounder. His defensive rebound needs some works, but he is a very good offensive rebounder and putback type of guy. He doesn't turn over the ball too much. He is a dynamic shot blocker at just about a little over one and a half a game. And that put him in the top 60 in the country. He has what I feel also joins what K-State is already bringing in with the LSU transfer Jarrell Colbert and guard Cameron Carter. I mean, he can play the four and the five, but he has oozing potential. And he got better from year one to year two during a time he's still learning the United States style of, of ba- the college basketball mm-hmm. level of the United States play after playing in Nigeria and then over in Australia. Even though he was taught by some NBA coaches, now, I mean, this is live ball at the college level here in the United States. But a Pac-12 to Big 12 jump, that's a big jump. But I feel like he could really step up and, I mean, I, I, I could probably tell you day one he'd be so impressive in the post because we hadn't seen somebody of that caliber when it comes to athletic moves in the post since him. So that would be a really big addition. But Sully Boom, I know from he's UTEP. He was, UT, he was the uh, Conference USA leading scorer this past season at 20 points a game, 6'3 junior guard. Uh, he, he only has the one year of eligibility remaining. I mentioned junior, but this is this past year. But the one year of eligibility remaining after three years at UTEP, averaging 20 a game, shooting 41%. He's 37 from three-point range. Definitely up there as well, and I'm pretty sure Jerome Tang is going to be making a home visit not too long from now. And he's an Oakland kid who went to UTEP for three years of college basketball. One year of eligibility remaining. I do love the having the more years of eligibility, but the thing is, this day and age, I mean, what's, what's easier to navigate? <laughs> you know he's going to be departing after one year. Is it right. maybe just easier to bring oh. somebody like that in? I mean... Three years or one year of eligibility, you you know you want this solely boom guy, right? But you know he's exiting. Is that m- more easier than just trying to recruit him after one year? Probably, but um, I mean, K State's still going after some dudes, mm-hmm. some dogs, and uh, it's just we we've hit a little bit of a lull here recruiting ever since we had a couple in a, in a short amount of time commit to K State, and still with the eight scholarships available. Seems like it's kind of pumped the brakes here a little bit. But hopefully some good news here in a couple days uh, when it comes to Antoine Davis. Fingers crossed. It's not confirmed like he's going to commit after the BYU visit on Thursday. But you 
cross your fingers it does happen soon rather than later. And you have really something to be proud of, does Drum Tang and Company, here as we approach May 1st. A timeout, number one song of the day is coming up next. From 1987, Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. Nailed it. One week at number one. 87. And I was waiting for you to ask, actually, if I knew the the year. year. Yeah. Well, if you don't know who Belinda Carlisle is, what a career she has had. Oh, my. From L.A. She raised her fame by being the lead singer of The Go-Go's. The most successful all-female rock band of all time. And then formed her solo career in 1985. Here it comes. Sage, turn it up. The Go-Go's would get back together in 1990, a couple of reunion tours, and then they really got back together as a band later on, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. But the Go-Go's sold 7 million records worldwide, and they entered the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year, 2021. They were inducted by Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. That was a really good Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, by the way. Because the Foo Fighters are also in there. Right. Uh, Tina Turner. Okay. Yep. I mean, really solid. Yep. Solid ceremony. Um, but this isn't about the Go-Go's. This is about specifically Belinda Carlisle. This is her song. Eight studio albums solo. Six top 40 hits. This is her only number one, and it's from her second studio album, Heaven on Earth. Which I believe had four of the six. Oh, did it? I believe. Yeah, maybe. I believe. I'm not sure. Songs about finding heaven on earth in the form of true love. The initial idea, this was written by a couple of songwriters. The initial idea came from a, uh, a greeting card at a Brooklyn, New York gas station. <laughs> so how about this? You can oh. hear backing vocals, right, behind Belinda Carlisle. Well, how about this? One of those backing vocalists, Michelle Phillips, from The Mamas and the Papas. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought that was a very interesting addition there and also you might be able to hear there's some synthesizer now i could ask who do you think was playing nobody's gonna guess but i'm a big fan of this one hit wonder thomas dolby oh nice there again that gets into the punk slash new age aspect of the go-go's yeah so if you don't know who thomas dolby is she blinded me with, With science. science. And he also invented the ringtone. Now there's more uh, also in this uh, Diane Warren. Have you ever heard of Diane Warren? Yep. Done a lot of work with Whitney Houston, Cher, Celine Dion. Very famous. Now, when it came to the music video, have you seen the music video to this? Yes, I have. Do you know who it's directed by? 
Um, no, I do not. Diane Keaton. It's a lot you, of heavy hitters in this, isn't good there? Good lord. Song was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance in '88. She lost out to Whitney Houston's "I Want to Dance with Somebody." I mean, that's a yeah. That was tough. She, her back was against the wall already. Just great to be nominated, you know. Right. Here's the deal, though. I mean, this really set a new image for Berlinda Carlisle. I mean, with the go-go's, a yes. little bit more of an edgier look, shorter hair, uh, punk for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially the early days of the Go-Go's, the way they started. But when this song came out and the music video came out, different look for Belinda Carlisle, longer hair, I believe. The hair, but uh, looked more trendy. Mm-hmm. Definitely had the pop look. I mean, I wouldn't call her a sellout, but just a different look, more appealing look. Yeah, shoulder is shoulder length, black Almost, hair. Yeah. Black hair, there with you black go. Black hair as opposed to her blonde. Yes. That had been her trademark with the Go-Go's. I mean, if you... I remember there was a documentary, was it HBO, that had a documentary on the Go-Go's? And her look much different Mm -hmm. than mid-80s and on for Belinda Carlisle. One of the first 45s I ever owned was We Got the Beat. Yeah. That was a big one. Yep. That was a big one. That first Was it the first album for... Or was it the second album? second album, yeah. Because you had... had we got the beat. What else was on there? Uh, My lips are sealed, or is it our lips are sealed? Our lips are sealed. Vacation. Vacation. Vacation was on that too. I thought maybe it was the next one. But yeah, heavy hitter, heavy hitter, most successful female rock band of all time. Uh, you know what? Should we say? Should we just roll on? Let's just roll on. You get us out when we need to get out. Now, no DG here, so it raises the question. Sage, did you come up with some questions for us? She's shaking her head. Yes. That's good news. Whenever I, Dave G's not here, I just assume that I'm coming up with the questions. Yeah, it's a big help. So uh, fire away. All right. This Ask one, us anything. This one is more for you, Mitch. Oh. Um, your favorite reality show or game show? So, well, my favorite game show is The Price is Right. I believe I mentioned that yesterday with Big Steve. But if I had to kind of like mix it together with like game show with reality, I suppose, Survivor. Mine too. I want to be on Survivor. You have to send in that audition tape. I'm telling you. I know. You got to get it. I just, the way I am, it's got to be perfect. And I know I'll never make it perfect. <laughs> Troy, I, do you have I'm a my biggest critic. reality show or game show that you really love? Game show, I I would have to go along the lines of, of match game. Man. I would love a shot at match game. We talked about it yesterday. Those old match oh, games. So, so good. Good. So entertaining. And you don't have... They're from the 70s. And a lot of the questions, like, they'll have, like, 70s-type answers from the air. Just, they're so funny, though. By the way, We Got the Beat was off, uh, let off the second side of the debut album, okay. Beauty and the Beat. Is that the towels? They're, like, they're all in towels yes. and yep. face stuff? That would be it. Whatever it's called, face cream? Yes. What else do you have for Sage? All right, next question. What is something that you always buy when it's on sale? Always. Uh, boy, I lean towards like bulk paper towels, toilet paper, like toiletry stuff or, you know, I don't know. What else would fit in that? I mean, just anything Boston. in general, if it's on sale, I, you know, you it'll, it'll catch my attention. I will entertain the price. Mac and cheese. I will look at it. <laughs> mac and cheese. But mac and cheese is already like. 
what, 50 cents or something like that. But see, this way you get the good stuff mm-hmm. when it goes bulk, you know? Yeah. Well, see, I'm a candle person, so if I see a sale that's like buy one, get one or something like that, I'm like, you know I'm going to get that every time. It's starting to become team t-shirts. T-shirts on yeah. sale? You know what? Because that's a good one as well. Like, if you go to a clothing store, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, the first place I'm going, Clarence. Right? Because there's some hidden gems in there sometimes. It's also cheaper. This is true. And I'm cheap. <laughs> uh, I think, I thought there's, I'm now blanking. I had something else to add to that. Sorry, you're going to have to move on. It's okay. Uh, one more. Would you rather have to wear shoes 24-7 or never be able to wear shoes ever again? Boy, what a question. So the first thing that popped in my mind about that is athlete's foot. And do I want to deal with that? Do I become immune after wearing shoes for a week? God, well, so many questions. This I feel is like a thinker. You, can't, you wouldn't know then. You just kind of have to deal with it. I'm going to go with no shoes for the rest of my life. I think my feet would tone up. You know what I mean? Get a little rougher by like walking on hard surfaces. Just protect you. Hmm. Yeah. Can we? Can we? Am I allowed to wear socks? Do I have to be barefoot? I oh, think you would be allowed, socks allowed to wear socks. Absolutely. Shoes take a hike. Can we make do with sandals? No. Damn. Nope. No, that's got a soul. Shoes. It's got a soul. That's not allowed. I'm going. Yeah. No shoes. Um, I might limit my walking on gravel and uh, avoid that as much as I possibly could. Grass is usually not too bad. There's some hidden dangers in there, but, you know, I think you'll be all right. Just got to get over the initial pain. Well, I had the thought of, I really like shoes, but wearing shoes while you're, like, sleeping, wouldn't yeah. that be, that would be kind That'd of suck. I've had to do that. That's where Athletes Foot comes in. Like, when you sleep overnight with shoes and socks on. But I think I, I think I would be able to, like, keep shoes on all the time. Well, that's going to do it for the game. Hey, don't go anywhere, because coming up next... K-State baseball from Lincoln, Nebraska. The Cats looking for the home-and-home sweep of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And K-State just got done winning a series against UC Irvine, a top 25 team preseason. Now they're looking to get it done against their old rival. That's coming up next for Sajay for number two, the Fort. We're out. Go Cats!